0: Welcome back to the Alessant Innovator series. In this episode, host April LeMond is joined by Fred Balda, president of Hillwood Communities. Fred's experience in development spans more than 100 master plan communities across 13 states and two countries. He is dedicated to thoughtful placemaking, designing and developing communities that inspire a sense of belonging amongst community members and creates long-lasting value for everyone involved. In this episode, Fred and April dive into the keys to a successful master plan community, Fred's projections for 2023, how Hillwood raises the bar, and much more. The Alessant Innovator Series is presented by Alessant Azul, the scalable access control platform that leverages the Alessant Access Connector, to seamlessly allow members and residents to access amenities and spaces throughout your community with the shake of a smartphone. To learn more, visit alisant.com.
1: Welcome to the Alisant Innovator Series. Today, we are so excited to have Fred Balda from the Hillwood Communities join us. Fred, do you mind just starting this off by telling us a little bit about your background, your current role, the company?
2: You bet. Well, thank you for having me, April. And since it's the beginning of the year, let me just say Happy New Year to everybody listening. And I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas and a wonderful holiday. And I hope everybody is refueled and ready to go and do quite well in this new, unbelievable 2023 that we're going to have. So a little bit about myself. Um, I'll be I'll be brief. Uh, my parents are from Ecuador, South America, and um, I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I've lived in DFW, uh, Texas, uh, most of my life. Uh, I went to Texas A&M, and I received my civil engineering degree. And my first job out of college was back in Dallas, Fort Worth area, working at DFW Airport uh, for a contractor by the name of H.B. Zachary. I worked there a couple years, uh, which took me now to middle of uh, 1985. And I started really my real estate career with the Trammell Crow Company doing what I do today, uh, which is master plan community development. And it was a wonderful job, wonderful company, wonderful experience. And I worked there through uh, the recession at the time, which was the late 80s, early 90s for some of your listeners. Um, And so then I uh, left Tremel Crow and worked for Club Corp of America doing golf courses and so forth for a few years. And then I started really my dream job here at Hillwood in 1992. Um, And I just celebrated my 30th year anniversary with Hillwood uh, this past year. Um, I am president of Hillwood Communities, which is a division of Hillwood. Hillwood uh, overall is a real estate enterprise uh, owned privately by Ross Perot Jr. that he started in 1988. And um, that real estate enterprise does a variety of different types of products, including industrial, commercial, mixed-use, multi-family, master plan communities um, development, as well as um, landscape uh, maintenance uh, company, as well as an airport management team that manages the Alliance Airport. And we even have our own airline uh, company called Hillwood Airways. So I oversee and lead the master plan communities business and we're a team of 45 members. And we have three main business lines. Our core business, which is developing these wonderful masterful communities and selling developed lots to home builders. Again, we don't build the homes, and we've been involved in just over 100 communities now and have delivered over 50,000 lots. Another business line that we're focused is all about what else can we do within the master plan So we'll create joint ventures with other uses. For instance, a multifamily developer uh, might come into the master plan and we would joint venture with them. We would do it as well with neighborhood services or a commercial group and things like that. And the idea is to really maximize our involvement in the master plan that we're building in. Additionally, we would create ventures for other businesses within the master plan. That might be a water company, a fiber company, a telecommunication company, whatever it might be, but we would try to do additional business within the master plan. And then our third line of business is really joint ventures outside of the master plan and likely outside of our current market. We will put money out, hence equity, with other good developers and other markets that we're not in. We're currently in the D.C. market, the Carolinas, Florida markets like those, and we're looking at other great um, top 10 markets. So uh, that's our business model. We think we're a great capital partner for others because we understand the business. We do this every single day. We have patience. We understand different cycles. And so we believe we're also a great capital partner. And so I really, really enjoy what I do. I, I enjoy so much working with this amazing team every single day. I'm passionate about it. And quite frankly, I count, I count my blessings every day to do what I get to do. I'm very, very thankful.
1: So well said, Fred. Thanks for giving us that background. You know, I want to touch a little bit more about what goes into developing your beautiful master plan communities. Could you just walk us through that process? Uh, You bet. It's a a great
2: process uh, and it's an important process. So we really start with the land and take inventory. You know, what type of land do we have? What kind of features do we have on the land? Do we have waterways? Do we have vistas? Do we have valleys? Do we have bayous? Uh, whatever the case may be, and how do we work with the land and preserve those main components of the land. Separately, is there anything special that's on the land? It might be an historic farmhouse or an arena, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, or some architectural feature that's worth preserving and working into our program. It could even be, quite frankly, a cemetery. But something special on the land that speaks to the history of that area would be something we're looking for as we're taking inventory. At the same time that we do this, we are identifying what we call the A team, the A team that we're gonna work with to help develop and and bring to life this wonderful new master plan community. So it would include the likes of engineers and architects and landscape architects, historians, uh, marketing people, market data people, our HOA, uh, Homeowner Association, uh, professionals, so forth. Uh, All those folks, it's important to bring them them in up front, understand the inventory that we have on this land, and create a baseline understanding of what we have. We will have a few sessions with this A-team, and then we'll start really what I think is the significant uh, piece of the process. It's our our innovation workshop. And in that workshop, we really are bringing in the A-team again, but we're also reaching out to the true stakeholders of this new project. It would include city officials, school district officials, realtors, builders, neighbors, you name it, a collective group of stakeholders that really have a say in what happens here. Excuse me. So it's about a three-day process where we lay out all of our goals and our objectives and desires and wish lists uh, for this property. So that happens day one. Day two, our professionals now that we've hired are taking a blank canvas and drawing away all these concepts, all these ideas uh, on a blank canvas and. We get to see what they've come up with uh, a few days later. And so it's a really valuable process um, that sets up the framework of this new community. And importantly, you're getting a lot of buy-in from um, all these stakeholders that I mentioned. So it's an expensive process. Uh, It does it does take some time, but it really gets us to a starting point, a more viable um, community driven plan sooner than later. So it's a it's a great start to uh, what we do along the way in this process. What we're constantly looking for, April, is that big hook, that big idea. What's the big differentiator for this new masterpiece we're constantly looking for that and sometimes it's it's right away apparent and sometimes it just takes several more sessions down the road where where you have that aha moment so that's our that's our process uh, that I think is uh, valuable to to what we do every single day
1: that's really interesting and you made a great point about the amount of time and money that's invested so early in the process and you must find that that pays off some dividends later on, having that stakeholder involvement early on.
2: Yeah, it, it, it really does. Um, I think I think ultimately what what sets our master plan communities off uh, in a good way. Well, first it's just it's just having that that mindset, that curiosity. Uh, to make this project great, which sounds nice, uh, but it's really not enough. So you really got to have a a plan that Mm -hmm. meets that objective. So when we create these stellar master plan communities, it's really based soundly in five guiding principles that really needs to permeate throughout every facet of our projects. We call it our SWESI, which is an acronym and it stands for sense of community, well-being, enrichment, stewardship, and importantly, innovation. So all these guidelines should set us up with a great foundation. And this this attitude, I call it, and discipline, along with this great execution from our amazing team, really encourages us to constantly raise the bar uh, in our business. So it really makes us want to do better and do better every single time. That's our goal.
1: Thanks for sharing that. Uh, So much of what you're talking about comes from a strong culture, comes from a disciplined approach. I've heard you talk about Swayze before, and I was quickly making notes because I thought there was a lot that in my business and every business we can, we can glean from that mindset. So when you think even now, let's take, we've got the big concept and we're going to drill down a little bit um, to the keys, really the fundamental keys of a successful master plan community. How do you think about those key?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> um, there is a lot that, that goes into these master plans. Um it's a it's a tough business to pull it all together thoughtfully uh, and impactfully. So uh, let me kind of just take you through a few of the items, but I'll start with, with details. Details, details matter. You know, first, you got to start with a great foundation that I mentioned to just a minute ago and stay focused, stay disciplined, don't cut corners, don't deviate. And again, just keep your eye on the ball. So you got to, you got to have a great plan with many segmentations. I think it's really important to deliver a bag of goods that meets many different of your buyers, um, uh, desires. So ample segmentations is important. Have a great group of builders, uh, and you'll find out which ones are great with what kind of segments. Uh, But with those strong builders, have great design guidelines, I think, really make a difference. Have an impactful sense of arrival. You better know that you have arrived at Harvest or Pecan Square or Union Park. Any one of our programs, I believe, have tremendous sense of arrival. Have strong amenities, and there's a variety of those, and we can talk about those in a minute. Great landscaping, signage, theme, tasteful and unique marketing, and importantly, that robust, thoughtful lifestyle program. I will tell you, that hasn't always been the uh, the way that we've done business, but I would say the last recession, we really started implementing the lifestyle programming, and it, it has made such a huge difference, and especially through COVID, that was also another impactful level of service that we had out there that really also made made a big difference. So that's really important to have those lifestyle programs that really energize the entire community. So we must execute very well in all these areas while keeping a financial discipline on the forefront of our minds. Sounds easy. Just kidding. It's, <laughs> not, it's, it's not, but it really it really is necessary to keep that financial discipline in order. And so um, one other item that I think is important in the, in the master plan community business is to build enough flexibility in that land plan, you know, to be able to pivot to another product that might be relevant in the current market that we didn't really think about in our early visioning process. So, I think there's a couple that come to mind right now that we're currently dealing with. Um, we have uh, a build for rent product in one of our projects right now that we'd never thought about years ago, uh, bringing that program into the, into the fold of the master plan. Um, we can talk more about this later, but we have a 3D printed home that's being built right now in Wolf Ranch down in uh, north of Austin. Um, so products like that are really important to have flexibility in the master plan. And right now with prices getting so expensive, having a very nice high density product that is still relevant, that still looks good is priced nicely is another uh, great product. That is, um, uh, one that we're dealing with uh, quite often in all of our master plans right now. So I would say those are, um, uh, areas that that keep us successful.
1: Yeah, so I'm hearing the, um, you know, sort of the core, right? And then you've added lifestyle components to that and really robust programming. And I can tell you from supporting a number of your communities with their own branded apps that your residents are entirely engaged in the fabric of the community. And we see that every day. The flexibility around the programming so that uh, from a product standpoint you can take advantage of what's on trend so you're not so constrained that you can't uh, flex and then of course the financial discipline which sounds like the kind of the current that needs to to be going through everything that you're doing correct awesome awesome so you know I think about Hillwood, and you, you're among many great peers in terms of uh, other developers of master plan communities. It's uh, maybe a small and mighty group at your your level. But what, what do you think makes Hillwood a little different, a little more special or unique from, from your peers?
2: Yeah, you bet. Um, let me just say this. We have a tremendous amount of great Uh, Developers in this country and in our region and in our markets. Uh, And I think that's a good thing for the entire public. It's also good for all of us. We're all friends, by the way, uh, and we all collaborate together and we all benchmark each other. And so it keeps us all kind of raising the bar. But I I think through great organizations like ULI, where we're able to kind of come together and compare notes, it's it's great for us to be relevant with all the new trends that are out there. So um, it, it's a it's a wonderful industry. It, it really is a sharing industry, I have found. So I, I really not only enjoy what I do every day with my team, but I also enjoy working with the rest of our industry. So uh, good news is um, we have a great group of folks uh, out there uh, in the marketplace. But, But I think what what kind of separates us uh, would be three main things that, that together make us uh, unique. One um, is this strong desire to deliver quality, constantly gotta deliver quality. Uh, that really sells very well in good times and it sells very well in more challenging times like we are heading into. And so we have a long track record of executing on successful, good quality programs, number one. Number two, and this really comes from the very top, our owner, Ross Perot Jr., we enjoy and we have a strong desire to give back to our communities. And so with respect to that give back in our master plan communities, we've identified two groups that we give back to constantly. Here in North Texas, we identified the North North Texas Food Bank. So we've developed programs within our community that really encourage uh, that entire community to give to the North Texas Food Bank. Uh, As an example, anytime you um, go to any community event, you're encouraged to bring food to that event so that it can always go to the North Texas Food Bank. Uh, In Harvest, in particular, we grow a lot of food out there, so there's a greenhouse and there's one bay in the greenhouse that is dedicated towards the North Texas Food Bank. So that's a neat program that you get the community to buy into, and yeah. it really does make an impact uh, to that particular group. The other area that we give back to and have for several years now is a group called Building Homes for Heroes, and it's a really neat organization Um that really delivers mortgage-free homes to wounded veterans. And so uh, through our platform, uh, we're in the home building business really, we're able to work with our builders and of course we donate our lot, but we work with Building Homes for Heroes and we dedicate at least two homes a year across our platform every single year uh, to um, the wounded veteran. So that is neat And, and every time we do that, We bring the entire community together to really embrace and engage and welcome that new family to the community. So that's um, really um, rewarding to do that. And then I would say our third differentiator is is kind of our long-term look and vision on projects. And so that allows us to be patient to meet our objectives. Um, and it, it just creates a different mindset on what kind of decisions you can make uh, with that long-term approach. As an example, our Alliance Texas program um, is about 27,000 acres. And that's about the size of the woodlands, if you're familiar with the woodlands
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, in North Houston. And so we're, we've been at it for 34 years at Alliance Texas, uh, and we're halfway built out right now. So we have presumably another 30 years to go, but that's been a wonderful program that we've been able to create a lot of different businesses that we do today. So it's been a bit of an incubator for us for new businesses and new ideas and new innovations. So um, those three ideas, I would say, pulled together, make Hillwood uh, a little bit different than, than most of our peers.
1: That's fascinating. And I'm particularly fascinated with this Alliance Texas uh, initiative and how that's kind of cross-pollinated with the the community itself. I'm um, thinking about the drone deliveries. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, you bet. So... Um... When you think about Alliance, Texas, it's a variety of different uh, real estate types, but it's mainly um, industrial activity. So we have the first um, industrial airport that was built uh, called, uh, well, now it's called the Perot Field at Alliance, Texas. Um, and so it's all about moving product. We have rail, we have roadways, we have airways that moves products in and out of this marketplace. And so taking that same idea, uh, the Alliance Group has created what's called the MIS program, which is the Mobility Innovation Zone. And to put it in layman's terms, because that's not really my area uh, that I'm that familiar with, I can just tell you we're the recipient of uh, some of that testing that's going on right now, and I'll talk about that in just a minute. But the idea there is to... uh, move product both surface by surface and by air, uh, with the most technolog- technologically savvy um, uh, ideas. And so it would involve the autonomous vehicle uh, by moving product on the ground. And it would, be, it would involve uh, using drones to move product uh, through the air. In time, It will do the same with people. We're not there yet, but that will be the goal in life to bring that Jetson idea to reality, which isn't too too many years away. Back to what we are doing in a few of our projects in the Alliance Texas corridor is testing out moving some of that product from the warehouses that we have. We have ample warehouses throughout Alliance Texas right now and taking that product from the warehouse to the residential community. And so we're, we're going through testing right now uh, to, perfect, to perfect that idea. And so um, really interesting to be involved in that uh, upfront idea. So uh, it'll be perfected, it will happen. And so we're just happy to be a part of that solution right now. Yeah.
1: And maybe a little bit closer to the communities themselves, you did mention the, 3D printed homes. Can you can you share a little bit more about that and how that came to be?
2: Yeah, you betcha. Um, you know, that's a that's a partnership between ICON and Lennar Homes. And so they were searching for the right community to test this out. And so I'm very thankful that they reached out to us. And this is these are relationships that we've had throughout many, many years uh, in the business. Um, and so they, they wanted to do it somewhere close to Austin. Uh, they wanted to do it with an agency that would be open-minded about this. And so, uh, the town of Georgetown was that group. And so the, the reason for the 3d printed home is a result of what we've been dealing with the last few years. One, we've had a lack of labor 2 we've had this disrupted, Uh, supply chain. We've had very expensive materials and it's been taking a long, long time to deliver these homes. All those are a great thesis behind why are we talking about 3D printed homes? And so this is a solution uh, that is intending to deliver a quality home quicker uh, at less cost. And so Uh, The first few homes are well underway right now. They should be uh, for sale this this spring. So we'll see. Um, But there's already a long list of buyers for that type of home. It's a beautiful home. It's energy efficient, uh, well constructed, and I promise you a lot of eyes are on all these homes to make sure that it meets the quality measures that we're all expecting. So that's how that came about. I think at the end of the day, once it gets scaled up to a point, it will really start to hit many other parts of the country. Yeah, I'm really, is- really, I'm really, really excited about this uh, particular initiative. But I will tell you, it takes courage to do that. So I give a lot of credit to again Icon, Lenar, Hillwood, and the the city of Georgetown. Yeah, all together worked hard to make this a reality. So. I'm excited to see where it goes.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, you need to have that courage and that cohesion to really break through with innovative ideas, right? They're not going to hatch out of an egg and <laughs> then you need to get them into the real world, um, out into the quote unquote wild and and just um, that's where you start to innovate and on top of innovation and really have some really explosive um, outcomes. So hats off to you, the team at Wolf Ranch uh, for being that, that partner to make it happen.
2: You bet. And, and, it's, and I think it's just inspiring. You know, you hear about things like this and I hear about things like this all over the place. And so it inspires me to think of what's the next best idea. And so that is part of innovation. And, and especially if you can make that idea relevant to how people live. So that's our ultimate goal is to, to create that uh, that opportunity.
1: Yeah. And consistent with your core core goals, values, foundational Swayze. So yes, that's, man. A terrific, that's a terrific uh, match there. Now, just to kind of take a slightly different turn, you mentioned early on that this is probably going to be a challenging year, a, dif- a different year than we had last year the year before. What do you see on the near to midterm horizon Fred? Yeah, you bet. Um,
2: you know, there's a lot of uncertainty right now in our business. And so because of that, uh, people are pausing a bit and, and resetting a bit. And that's really due to where our interest rates going and when will we have a handle on inflation? That together, and it's been a big topic. It's not new news. It's been talked about for quite some time now, and so we're going through that phase right now uh, that we're all reacting to it. Um, but but before I elaborate where we're where we're heading, let me just remind everybody um, this has been a heck of a run. Uh, I want to say we started coming out of the last recession. At least I really really noticed it, and call it twenty eleven ish. 2012-ish. So we've been on about a good 10 or 11 year run in this business of ours. And I would say in particular, the last two years have been incredibly robust and quite frankly, not sustainable. So the last two years have been wonderful, great, and challenging, but definitely not sustainable. And therefore, we're kind of dealing with what we are with today. So, um, I, I, I really believe, um, you know, it will be a reset year. We are already experiencing slower home sales and a lot of, and a lot of that is what you would expect. Uh, home prices are still expensive. Um, interest rates have really made that house payment even more expensive. And so, That requires a new uh, household income that is higher than before. And so affordability now is challenged. All those items together are making it a little bit more challenging area to do business in. And so the builders are going through a process right now. They're going through home price discovery. What is the right price for this home in this market with all these variables uh, put together right now? So they're going through that right now. It's interesting. This will be an interesting spring. Everybody's got their eyes on what will happen in the spring of 2023, which I think will tell us a lot. And so this year, and I believe uh, probably half of the following year of 2024, you'll have this transition that will happen, which is price resetting and volume resetting. So two things will come down. Prices will come down. Uh, the builders are working on it right now, but that entire supply chain um, that takes that, that is necessary to build that home is going to have to figure out what is the right price point to really now deliver the right priced home. So everybody is going through that as we speak. It's going to take some time to really settle down and be sustainable and find that uh, sustainable period. Um, and so I think the next year, year and a half is going to be a lot of that, which will be a lot more uncertain. Um, but I will tell you this, still a good amount of business. Fundamentally, I feel great about our business. Um, we are underbuilt right now in all of US of A. Yes. Um, so we have an incredible deep group of buyers in the demographics that we're dealing with right now. The problem is it's just too expensive. So the homes on the ground right now are just too expensive. Plenty of buyers, just too expensive. So we're going get, to uh, get that uh, product uh, properly priced here uh, in time. So a couple quick things uh, to talk about. What are we going to do over the next year, year and a half? We have plenty to do. One, <laughs> we have all this active projects that uh, we're still selling homes in. Uh, in times like this you are seeing a flight to quality so our master plan communities will gain market share we'll probably sell less homes than we did last year but we'll sell more homes in that market than other programs will so we'll we're still producing but probably at a smaller scale in our projects right now that's keeping us busy we're also going to spend time that we didn't have time the last couple years working on the team so We're going to work on our processes better. We're going to work on our software better. We're going to work on our reports better. We're going to do better with the entire team as we get ready for that more robust year that is right around the corner. Right around the corner in my world, I think, is the second half of 24 or 25. That, to me, is right around the corner. So we're going to try to do all we can right now to make everything better in our processes. And hopefully, we're able to find a few more deals from the acquisition side that have been a little bit more challenging to find these last few years where everything has been way too expensive. So um, we'll stay very busy. Uh, We have a long-term look at this. We're in part of a cycle that we've been in before. And so we're prepared. And that's part of being ready is being prepared, knowing where you are in the cycle. What did you do last year? What will you do this year and how will you deal with it? So we're in great shape and uh, I feel good about this year. It's going to be a big year for us uh, that we need to uh, take care of business.
1: You know, you mentioned the team um, in terms of uh, a real opportunity to focus on in your processes. You know, we were all so busy the last couple of years that um, we're just, you know, keeping the wheels moving uh, down the highway. And so having a little bit of a a pause can be a blessing in that regard. I know you have some really um, strong, strong, strong feelings and ways that you approach team building. I think it would be great for everyone to hear a little bit more about how you think about team, Fred, how you build your teams, cultivate those teams. What's really important to have you know, an at, at, uh, A-level team that's really can be counted on to deliver and execute to your quality standards?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, let, let me just tell you how I think, and then I'll tell you how I lead. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about uh, the time frame we're in right now. So, you know, bottom line, I have a very strong desire to produce good results. And I like to always keep improving. You heard this before, and I like to give back. And I like to do all of that really with integrity. That is really, really important to do it the right way. I feel like I have a really good pulse on the business and through you know, really good communication with our team with very clear strategic goals and objectives. We're all rowing together to, to deliver results. So my style really is to, to lead with passion, to lead with energy, to lead with optimism, to lead with encouragement. And I like to lead with a decent amount of humor. I like to keep it light. I do have a serious side, but I really like to keep it light and move it that way. It's, it's a fun business. It's a fun group and we get it. So uh, that's how I've managed um, and that's how I like to manage. and it's And it's worked well. I do think, and we're going through this right now, so it's an appropriate discussion. As we start a new year, you have you know, it's great and, it, and it's necessary to talk about all the great things we just accomplished because there is a ton of them. We had great accomplishments and really very challenging last few years. So to do what we did, I'm so proud of the team and they've done an amazing job. Um, but I will tell you, and, and, and we've grown in, enormously, we, we're 45 people, probably probably. I don't know, six, seven years ago, we were half that number. So we've grown exponentially. And when you think about the cycle we're in right now, which we're going through a downturn, and I've just mentioned earlier that we've been through a 10, 11, 12-year run, um, probably half my team has never been through a recession. So it's interesting times to kind of go through that. And, and, and let them know that it's okay. This is normal business and it's great when it's great and it can be great when it's not so great. These are opportunities that really we need to work together so we can get better and make even that next 12 run even more amazing than what we just had. So I think just constant communication has been valuable for us. We've got a lot of team building that we constantly do with the team. Um, And so it's been, it's been wonderful. We've been able to attract some really stellar uh, teammates. It's just now getting to take the reps um, to understand our business totally uh, from this new perspective. So uh, it's been, it's been great. It's been fun. It's, um, I think we're all ready for the next chapter. We've got such an amazing, I'm just pumped about, the team, the way we treat them, our culture, our DNA, how we take care of others. And it comes from the very top. Ross Perot Jr. is all about that. All the leaders in Hillwood are all about that. It resonates all the way down, even through our communities on how we give back. So I guess it's just the way you, you live every every day. Um, the way I live at work isn't much different than the way I live at home, so it's it's real. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I wanted to wrap up with um, with a question that I've asked a couple of of us more senior uh, leaders in the industry, and that is around the advice that you would give to the twenty five year old Fred Balda. You know, and you just it it particularly resonates for me when you. When you um, note that about half of your team hasn't been through a, a down cycle, and um, so what advice would you give that young professional who aspires to be Fred Balder when they grow up, who love you know have this early love for this industry and want to put their heart and soul into it? What would you advise or counsel them to think about?
2: Yeah, and it's fun funny you raise it uh, raise it that way. Yeah, half the team is really. Uh, The age of my kids. So I got three boys all in that same uh, age group Um, and and they're all doing great, by the way. I'm really, really proud of them. Um, So what I I think might be a good way to start is maybe first start with with the core value and then I'll talk about some examples uh, after that. And I'm going to really lean into what our company's core values are. Are and I'll add one to that. So um, integrity, respect, excellence, and teamwork are our stated core values for our company. And, and I will add one more on top of that one, which is courage. And I talked about that a little bit earlier in the, in mm-hmm. the, in the talk. But on, integ- uh, on integrity, really quite simply, it's, it's really doing it uh, the right way. Do the right thing and do it with class. Don't cheat. Don't cut corners. It's not worth it. Have a moral compass. Key, key, key. Respect. Follow the golden rule. Doesn't mean you can't lead with strength and toughness. Just don't cross the line. Be respectful and be thankful. Yeah. Excellence. I really, really do love this one. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Just keep getting better. Push yourself. Lean into your strengths, but understand your weaknesses and keep improving. Teamwork. We're stronger together, no doubt about it. It's not a one-man or one-woman team. At the same time, we're as strong as our weakest link. And so keep improving the team In all areas, it is a very healthy process. And encourage, I talked about it a little bit, but be bold and stand up for what you believe in. I understand that sometimes you got to compromise, but many times you don't. And so make a difference, but stay respectful. And so I would say have some core values and those would be ones to really kind of work with. And I would say, as soon as possible, start instilling those core values um, to our, our, our young, to our youth. I mean, this is really a recommendation for everybody, not just the the, the new twenty-five-year-old Fred Balda, but just go go deeper in life and try to instill these core values. I think will make a big difference. Um, so again, I think uh, as far as just examples uh, that I would tell the 25-year-old Fred Balda is to, no kidding, work hard, very hard. I mean, this job is not an eight to five job. It's a constant work, but it's a fun job. But but work hard. And if you're starting early uh, in your career, you're going to have to work harder because you're going to have to grasp all these great ideas and get good at it. And the only way to get good at it is just keep working hard. Keep learning new things. Don't stop learning. There is so much still that I don't know. So keep learning at whatever uh, age or whatever part of the career you're in right now. Never quit. Don't quit. Be dependable, accountable, and prepared. Own it. Own it. Uh, I would say, importantly and I've been fortunate through my growth and my career is surround yourself with go-getters. You know, it keeps you motivated. It keeps you inspired, be humble, communicate. And here's an important one. Have a great attitude. Just have a great attitude. Want to do it. Be ready to do the next thing. So, so be there. Um, at some point, all this will start to resonate and come together and you'll start to find that passion. But it takes a lot of work to finally find that passion and then you will have fun with it. And then it's really not a job anymore. It's just part of your DNA, part of your life, and you're going to really, really love it. So you can do it. Anybody can do it. You've just got to get started. And so it really is up to you to kind of do all these things. So that's it in a nutshell. I'm enthusiastic about it. It can be done, it's done all the time. Uh, just don't quit and, uh, and it'll be good.
1: Fred, that's outstanding. And that those are great, great lessons for work, for your career, but for life, to have an enriching life. And uh, I just wanna thank you so much for spending the time with us today sharing your thoughts, your perspective, giving us a peek inside to Hillwood and Hillwood communities. Thank you so much for the uh great charge for 2023. And we'll do great things together.
2: It's been my pleasure, April. Thanks for all you do as well. I love your podcast and uh hope everybody has a great year. And uh call me if you need to. One more quick thing to your audience. Yeah. If they are ever in Dallas, Feel free to call me, come see me. Love to tour our projects. Uh, Very, very proud of them. Um, So that's an open offer.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Alessant Innovator Series. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast and learn more at Alessant